Hello and welcome to the Peace and Love Amplifiers podcast. I'm so happy you're here. In these episodes, we will dive deep into the idea of peace. What is it? Is it even attainable? Everyone wants it. So how can we make it manifest? Along with my own experiences, you will also hear uplifting stories from inspirational people who are building peace in their own lives and the world around them. We are on the threshold of a new society, looking at where science meets spirituality. And these stories are a call to action to help overcome division and build a better society for all concerned. Join me on this thought-provoking journey to explore ways we can all amplify peace and love. Right. And hello and welcome. This week's guest is one of my cohorts. She and I have been accountability partners. We were going to try for what, eight weeks? And then we're still Mm -hmm. going after almost, well, it's going to be a year in February, I think. Mm -hmm. My guest is my friend and accountability partner and will soon be my social media person. Well, as far as my trainer and how to get this, my message out there, but Kim Haste is my guest. She is the owner of Ashanti way. And that is a business to help small businesses that are heart centered, get their message out to the world. She is a student of Jack Hanfield, a student of Joe Dispenza, and she's a lifelong learner and one of my friends. Kim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Julia. I am so excited to be here. Literally excited. (laughs) It is my first very podcast and I'm honored to be on your podcast. Oh, thank you. I'm honored to have you on. You are a great listener of podcasts and you're always talking about the podcast that you've learned from. And so you're one of my supporters from the very beginning. And I mean, still, still in the very beginning. So I want to thank you for your support during this process, because, you know, having you as a check-in partner and my accountability partner, since, you know, right now it is December and we literally started what it was like March, right? I have a uh, week 43 or 44 this, this week. And yeah. you're right. We started out with a six or eight week trial period just to see where it took us. Um, it is a Jack Canfield recommendation. We both took his training. I know you went on to take his more intensive training, the trainer course. He is a big role model of mine. I've read his success principles twice and a great book of how to do business and and do it with integrity and from the heart. And having an accountability buddy, I reached out to you, your name actually, we're in the same, we were in the same group together, the Holistic Chamber of Commerce. And I didn't really know you, just like a hello. Yeah. And I knew, I heard, you know, eavesdropping that you also went to a Jack Canfield training. And I was like, ooh, that's interesting. <laughs> And I literally was like scared to reach out to you in the beginning to be an accountability buddy because I didn't know you. And what if you said no? What if you're like, that's a horrible idea? (laughs) 
Ew. Get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that would be horrible. That would. So I finally worked up the nerve to ask you and you're like, wow, no, great idea. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been such a help, especially during the pandemic and the lockdowns and you know, just to have, you're always in the back of my head, like, oh, I got to do this because I got to talk to Kim. I got to, you know, and it's, it's been, you know, like a touchstone, you know, because how we've done it is Monday, we kind of check in, this is what we want to do for, what is it, like seven different aspects of our life, education, health, business, financial, spiritual, play, and contribution. And then, you know, those seven different things that we want to do, or sometimes we have more, a lot more in each category. <laughs> um, sometimes we get overboard, but I'm learning. It's been a, like a, a real eye opener for me, you know, just to not only as that touchstone, but also like, you know, what do I, what is my priority? I don't know how, what you've been getting out of, out of it that way. Besides a new friendship, uh, which is uh, probably the the best thing out of it, but I, I find myself more accountable. <laughs> I, I, I've often found myself, you know, when I commit to do something, when we have our commitment Mondays, I guess, when we say what we're going to do and go over our goals for the, for the next five days mm-hmm. until we meet again on Friday. And I've often found myself sometimes at 7 a.m. in the morning getting something done because I said I would. If I was left to my own devices, I can always talk myself out of it. (laughs) I don't want to disappoint you because I committed to something. So it's been invaluable for me to know that I have somebody on the other end, A, that cares and is rooting for me in my corner and vice versa. I'm rooting for you to get to your goals also. Yeah. And it is, it really is like having a business coach and a friend and, you know, just a, a check-in buddy every, every week. So it's, I, I'm so glad that you reached out because I got a lot of stuff done this year, this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> during this and, and yeah, I mean, this podcast is one of those. And so this is all on you, Kim. <laughs> ah, and, and, and I, and we did spur some little offshoots of our accountability with the holistic chamber of commerce group. We were both in, I do know at least of two people that formed an accountability group. I think they might still be going too. Okay. Yeah. So that to me was so thrilling to see that our idea and what we were doing caught on and the feedback I got from them was fantastic. Well, from one half of them that I spoke to, that was fantastic of how much they were getting out of it. And that in itself to be able to inspire somebody else to reach out and, and do something positive like that was uh, just a feel good, feel good moment. Yeah. Yeah. And also something else that it sparked was our cleaning up the one park around here, right on the Delaware river. And we went out in the, the heat of the summer with my daughter and some of her friends and went and cleaned, cleaned up the, the shoreline. And that even sparked other people to say, Hey, you know, we can do that too. And, you know, that was a real, that was a real good thing, you know, to, to do and, you know, to bring my daughter along. She was, she was pushing me. She's like, mom, are we going to go clean this summer, this week? I'm like, okay. Which is great because she's our future leader of tomorrow. Oh, yeah. 
that that's that just gives me you know such happiness to to see our young leaders in the making yeah doing good in the world already at a, a ripe age of your daughter's 12 i think 12. yep she yeah at a ripe 12. age of 12 it's yeah. it's just so amazing yeah she's she's good like that so the one of the things that jack canfield teaching is the the concept of acting as if and i know this is a big thing for you so if you could share that with with us you know like how that helps you and what it, what it, what is it and then how it helps you with your daily life so acting as if this is a lot of fun for me um i i crack myself up <laughs> acting as if is acting as if you already have what you're seeking or know what you're trying to learn. So for example, um, I uh, was acting as if I am a very fit and healthy person. So that in turn helped me get up off my butt, especially when I didn't want to, especially during the pandemic, is get out and walk every day like a healthy, fit person always does. Um, In business, I have a bit of a... Oh, kind of a a complex where I'm like, oh, I'm not good enough to put something out there. So for me, acting as if I'm acting as if I already am the expert, which I, I know I know a lot of stuff, but I'm already the expert and I've already helped somebody. So I can go out there and get over some of my fears because I'm already acting as if I'm as successful, uh, you know, being a successful entrepreneur that I wish to be. Yeah. So you can have a lot of fun. You can have a lot of fun with it. I think it, it acts in any way of your life, whether it's health or business. And, and it's really like acting. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like honest. putting your, like, you know, and I know what he would talk about in his trainings was like, you know, acting as if like in five years from now, they, like they would have this act as if party, you know, where it's like five years in the future, 10 years in the future, and you come in as your future self and how successful you are and the books that you've written and all this stuff. And, you know, so, I mean, we could have that party when, when COVID lifts and, you know, we can have an act as if party and invite all our friends to come to that party. That would be fun. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. I mean, how fun would that be to, uh, you know, your future self, you know, if your future self could talk to your self now, you know, what would it be like? Your future self, my future self would be get over yourself. (laughs) (laughs) That imposter syndrome is not working. Not working. Let that work. Yeah. So as far as your business, the, the love that you wanted, the, what lights you up in the morning, you know, and gets you going is your Ashanti way and your, your business to help other businesses, you know, service providers, those that work from the heart, whether they're a massage therapist or yoga studios and all those kinds of different smaller organizations, your goal is to help them spread their message and to get them successful. So if you could tell, what made you decide to do that work or this work? My love for small business, uh, heart-centered small business specifically, started way, way, way back. I'll make a long story short because I am in my 50s now, so it is a long story at this point. But my love of, of business started as a teenager and, and trying new things 
my spirituality came into play after reading the book, The Tenth Insight or The Ninth Insight, about energy and about how everything is energy. And it got me curious of, of if everything's energy and everything is revolving at a different speed of energy, what it can we change that energy? Can we make that energy into something else, which is another story in, into itself? So with that, I kind of got into more of the holistic part of it, listening to, I guess, the voices in my head. <laughs> connecting. First, I would say my first business, one of my first businesses was selling on the internet. Um, When I started really getting honing in my skills, I had a bricks and mortar store and had a massage therapy business and had a yoga studio. And with that, it was all having to do with walking the walk. You know, Mm -hmm. my, my favorite thing to do in the store, I wore yoga pants to work and walked barefoot every single day. And I was living the dream. I was, the people that were coming in were amazing. I was selling products. I had a love of products that were consciously made or handmade jewelry from around the world. And I had a love for that. I had a love for the practitioners that would come in and teach yoga or uh, shamanic journeying, one of my favorite classes, or they would come in and do spiritual readings and just had a great love of forming a community of helping people. You know, whether it's helping them find a path or finding a little doodad or a rock or a piece of jewelry or music that resonated with them that made them feel better. From there, I got into marketing because as anybody who owns a small business knows, you're you're doing everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Emptying the trash cans, cleaning the toilets, <laughs> doing the marketing. Yep. <laughs> Fell in love with marketing. Fell in love with everything about it soup to nuts, uh, guerrilla marketing. I'm going to call basically it is guerrilla marketing. I remember sitting in Barnes and Noble when I was first starting my bricks and mortar venture. And I couldn't afford the book at the time because I was bootstrapped working Mm -hmm. two jobs. I had my store and I had, I was a bartender at the time. So I was working two jobs. I remember reading this guerrilla marketing book about bootstrapping and going right when everybody goes left and going into the road least traveled. And I loved it. I fell in love with that concept. And I started implementing a lot of things from what I read into that and grew my business over eight years and then eventually sold it, but stayed with the marketing. I was like, there's just a love of it. Got into website design. Um, and from there, you know, I've been a web designer since 2008. And now I do more marketing and digital strategy and helping people specifically conscious-based, heart-centered businesses, figure out the internet. Most of my clients are like, I just want to practice. Like they're great at, they're a great massage therapist or yoga teacher. They don't want to figure out all this techie stuff or how to put themselves on the internet or how to schedule or whatever. And I'm more than happy to do that for them so they can spread their gifts and their message to more people. Mm-hmm. I can help them do that. And in turn, we all can make the world a better place. Yeah. So it sounds like you, you melded together your different loves, you know, you're the holistic, the, the business, the spirituality and the marketing. And it just, that's such a a neat story and such a, like a full circle, you know, and um, it's inspiring because, you know, there's, there's a lot of listeners out there that have, 
maybe have a passion that they want to do, or there's, there's their side hustle that they don't know exactly how to make it work for them. And, you know, they can reach out to you and, you know, you can provide them with those services. And I think that's really, really a very neat story. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I, I was, when you said this 10th insight, I'm like, it's, literally on my bookshelf right above my head <laughs> the whole this it's the self-esteem prophecy the whole that's it. series and it's like right over my head I'm like looking right at it right now so. that's where it started it was the self-esteem prophecy and then it was the ninth insight and the tenth insight so the self-esteem prophecy is where my spiritual journey started and I was in my 20s at the time uh, and that's why I'm here today and more than ever I mean, I've been diving really deep into the spiritual realms of things over the past, I guess, four or five years uh, with deep meditations and long sittings and so forth. And the more I dive in, the more I just love it. I think there's just such a need for people who are in this world to help other people live a better life or make them feel better. There's just such a need for it. And there's such a joy in it. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that sparked when you were just saying that was imaginal cells. When the caterpillar goes into the chrysalis and it starts to break itself down and these imaginal cells start to light up and wake up so that the butterfly starts to form from those imaginal cells. So it goes from this voracious eating machine, this little caterpillar that just devours everything it comes across. Then and then what comes out of this chrysalis is the most light little being on the planet that, you know, so this metamorphosis is really the, the transformation, you know, from voraciousness to lightness. So, and I, I think that you are part of that role. You have that helping to light other people, you know, and the candle that was, was the saying that, you know, a candle can light so many other candles, but it never diminishes its own light. So that's, that's how I see you, you know, as somebody that lights other people's light. Yeah. I I think, I think about it, you know, every act you do with the metaphor of the caterpillar, whenever you have a conversation or even holding the door open for somebody, your effect in the world, or maybe a word or a smile, you never know where that's going to go and how, contagious and that butterfly that flaps his wings, you know, how far that will reach across maybe the world, you know, or at least maybe a couple of miles. Mm -hmm. For example, I'll go back to when we were cleaning up uh, the trash at the beach, which there was a ton of trash on that beach. We were (laughs) were walking out. Somebody stopped us, a couple was was walking by and the man stopped us and was like, wow, what a great idea. I'm going to bring my trash bag next time I come to the beach. And he was really adamant about it. So how great was that? So now the beach is a little bit cleaner because of one act that, well, we were there several times, but because we went and were seen Mm. and somebody said, hey, that's a good idea. I want to mimic that good behavior. Right. Giving behavior, contributing behavior. Yeah. And I think that you never know how far that goes because that person, you know, if they go back and they clean up the the beach a little bit and somebody sees them do it, then, you know, somebody else, it's, you know, like that 
Clairol commercial, whatever it is, you know, they'll tell two friends and so on and so on and so on. And it's, you know, there's, um, there's a real, it's, it's just like, there's so much science behind that. And there's so much the, the way that spirituality kind of flows through everything that you do, you know, this, this sense of, not only do what I do is good for me, but it's also good for the people that I serve and it's good for the people that they serve. And it's that interconnection that this podcast is built on of just, we don't know where these words are going to end up and we don't know who's going to be listening to this and who's going to be inspired to follow their heart, follow their dream and, and do the work that they really want to do. So. Yeah. Imagine, imagine the change that could happen yeah. with just, you know, it just with this podcast, as you said, somebody could listen and then tell their friend and they tell their friend. And now all of a sudden somebody has a different direction in life that they're walking in. That's more positive and more fulfilling and more joyous. Yep. Yep. And, you know, even like you said to, you know, hold the door open for someone. If we intentionally do that, knowing that that could be we could go back to that act as if we can act as if that's going to change the world. How would that change for you? Just that simple act of holding the door open for someone coming into the convenience store behind you. I was talking about Wawa and the, you know, how they have their doors specifically built so that people hold the door open for the other person coming in or going out behind them. And it's like, there's such a, with heart math and, and the, what we call the, um, it's going to go out of my head right now because I want it, but (laughs) anyway, we'll cut this part. But (laughs) so it's the, like that butterfly effect that you were talking about. It's that you could lift somebody up out of a funk that you didn't even know that they were in. And then they could just like have a little bit of a shift and that could spread a little bit further out. And my sister was, this kind of just popped in. My sister was um, at a convenience store and she was giving, she was buying herself a cup of coffee in the drive-thru, which was a couple of weeks ago. And she was going to buy the guy behind her his coffee. She was just going to do that, you know, but she didn't because it was early, you know, it was a big truck, whatever it was. And she's like, it was like kind of a a thought that didn't really manifest until when she pulled out to the, to the curb to like, there was the um, red light. She was going to make a right. And he comes up behind her and like blares on his horn to get her to go. And she's, you know, it was like six o'clock in the morning. She said she got all startled and she's like, darn it, I should have bought him his, that coffee. Maybe <laughs> he would have been nicer to me, you know? And like how just those little things that we could do to help brighten somebody else's day. So it reminds me of a story. And this story that I read somewhere a long time ago really changed the way of my interactions with other people. It, it's one of those life lessons that changed the way of my being. The story I read was about a man on a train, a man and a child on a train. And the child was acting up and the man wasn't paying attention to the child. The child was acting up some more and was annoying everybody around them. People were getting physically agitated. Child's now screaming. 
The man had his head down, basically ignoring his child. One person asked the man, you know, everybody's now angry and cursing underneath their breath and, you know, wishing harm, like, you know, shush that child down, like, shut that child up. Why aren't you paying attention? And one person asked the man, like, you know, are you okay? You know, you're, do you realize your child's acting up? So not being mean about it, which would be more the American way of saying something rude. And the man looked at the guy that was inquiring and said, my wife just passed. Mm. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I'm, you know, my child was acting up. So what that lesson taught me was that you never know what's going on with somebody else. You don't know where they are. It's not that there are, somebody may be a bad person or that they're being mean on purpose or being ignorant on purpose. We don't know that person's story. Mm-hmm. So for somebody to ask that gentleman who just lost his wife to take a moment instead of accusing him of something, questioning something. And and that was a big lesson for me to not judge, you know, and and I'm sure I, I know I'm guilty of it at times, definitely over the past year of judging. However, for the most part, I really try to understand somebody's story instead of jumping to conclusions. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. And what that leads me to to think about is when I was going through my first year of the Course in Miracles a long time ago. Geez, I guess it was like in 1999, maybe, or 2000. It was a long, long time ago. But the one thing that the our teacher was saying was that everybody is doing the best they can with what they have at every moment at the time. And that was really helpful to me. And I'm starting to get that, to get back into that. Cause I've been, again, you know, I've been going through the course of miracles again, and now reading the textbook. And that's been really helpful to me, especially the past few weeks. Again, this is December 21st right now, 2020. So it's still a lot of stuff going on. So to come into that, settling down and saying, you know, everybody's doing the best they can with what they have. And also that question that, you know, was put to the the man on the train was that's the trauma theory right there. It's, you know, like that instead of what what's wrong with you is to switch it to what happened to you to kind of come to someone who isn't maybe having the best behavior or the best quote unquote best behavior, but what happened to them to, to put them into that situation? You know, what, what's going on? What's the backstory? What's led you to this moment? And there's a quote. So this quote I found, I wrote it down. I was on the subway coming from Philly and on the speed line. And I actually wrote it down on a, like a scrap piece of paper. And I've, I've heard it. I've had it on here for for years, but I was just going to, I just found it. I'm going to type it up and put it like on my, one of my blog posts, but it's, it's a Henry Longfellow quote. And it says, if we could read the secret history of our enemies, we would find in each person's story enough suffering and sorrow there to disarm all hostilities. So I'll read it again. If we could read the secret history of our enemies we would find in each person's story enough suffering and sorrow there to disarm all hostilities. What a powerful 
yeah. you know, powerful, powerful statement. And yeah, what if we acted as if people do have a story, you know, they do have a history and yeah. treated them as such. Would that be able to change maybe them? Mm by not trying to change them, but just trying to understand them. Right. And giving them that, that space mm. to feel heard, to feel, you know, I was, my day job is as a massage therapist for a hospice. And I go into these homes and so much stuff going on. And there was a woman who was, t- was talking to me the other day, you know, about a lot of, a lot of baggage going on in the home. And she said, is there anything you want me to do with this? And for me, she's like, just having you listen to me is enough. You know, just feeling heard. People tend to like, it gets out of their system. It gets all that stress, all that stuff. Like it's not dammed up in their brain, in their psyche. It's like unleashed, you know, it's, it kind of, flows like a torrent in the beginning and then it's kind of settles down. It's like any kind of grieving process, any kind of processing. It's just, you know, if you're holding it in for so long, it seems like it's never going to abate, you know, when the dam starts to break and the water starts to flow through, you know, and then it's like a gush of, of, of energy of, of water of, you know, all this emotion. And so if we could just hold that space for them and allow all that torrent of emotion to come flowing out and us as the listener, just kind of not holding on to it, but just like allowing the words and the, the energy to just kind of flow through, it would help kind of diffuse them. It would help, you know, we're not taking that on. You know, it, I think a lot of us are so, especially this past year, just so held in that I think in this next, when, when this season of COVID is done and we can get back out into the world, like how much people are going to need to unfurl and how much people are going to need to kind of emote and get all this stuff out, you Mm -hmm. know, and spread their wings again. And, you know, people are definitely people deprived. Mm -hmm. Um, community deprived. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even just like the yoga classes, you know, of, I can't wait to go to a yoga class. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know one that has socially distant (laughs) yoga. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just to like lay on a mat for an hour in amongst of other people, you know, just those little things that we took for granted before this. I don't think that we'll ever take things for granted. I'm hoping that we never take things like that for granted again. Yeah, me too. Me too. Especially in this consumer-driven economy that is America. I Mm -hmm. I would hopefully see more importance is put on relationships and community and non-material things and climbing to the top and having the latest, you know, car Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like nice cars are good. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, but it's not the end all to be all, uh, to put other things are more important. Yeah. Yep. And I'm hoping that this, again, the season will help that will help shape a lot of people and, and re repri- reprioritize people's, the way they do things, their motivations, their 
what they spend their hard-earned income on? You know, is it the greatest thing or is it the greatest experience, you know, of whether it's, you know, spending time with the family or maybe, you know, scaling back and, and doing what they love and, you know, having more time off with their loved ones, with their friends, with, you know, really in really diving deep into who they are. I mean, that I think would be great. My prediction for, as we come out of this and we're still in the middle of the pandemic uh, right now, um, the light is shining, but it is still a little far away. But my prediction is more community of more experience, experiential things, whether it's dinner parties or retreats I see being big as we come out of this next year experiences. Maybe it could be like a sound healing with a yoga class. And I don't know. I see a lot, anything to bring community together and have a shared experience. Yeah. And I I can't wait (laughs) for that. Maybe we'll have to put one together. There you go. There All you right. go. We'll get some, we'll get a couple other people together and, and yeah. get some stuff, you know, cause I, I really think that people are going to need it, especially people in healthcare right now that the nurses and the doctors and the respiratory techs, they're, they've been pushed to the limit. And when you're going and going and going, you use the stress to keep you going sometimes, but then when that stressor is done, it's like you just collapse. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Collapse. Mm-hmm. I foresee that the healthcare workers are going to need a lot of this support, a lot of just these these times and these classes and the things that your your clients provide, just to to help them recoup and replenish themselves and fill their own cups. Because right now, I I couldn't imagine how empty they must feel. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Kim, this is wonderful. You know, it's been a long time since we just talked. I think it hasn't been since we were cleaning up the beach because we're usually like, Let, let's do our thing Monday morning, yes. Friday morning. Yeah. Like to right, take an extended period of time and, and chit chat. Yeah. Um, it's been great. And it's been great watching you start your pod- podcast uh, and on your journey to get here. So I am thrilled to be part of that journey. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm thrilled that you're here too. Cause I mean, seriously, like talk about imposter syndrome. It's like, that's why I, I wasn't like, I'm not even going to know what other people are doing. I'm just going to, I wanted to do this podcast and I'm not going to listen. And then when I started listening to someone, it was like Michelle Obama and like all these, I'm like, well, I can't (laughs) have the president of the United States on my podcast yet. Not yet. Maybe. Yes. (laughs) But I really appreciate your help and your insight. And for our listeners, they can find your information, how to get in touch with you in the show notes. But what I would love to leave our listeners today is with a call to action. As someone who is, you're a mover and a shaker, you know, you're, you're a hustler, but you know, you have a good rapport with your spiritual self, with your healthy self, you know, you have this well-rounded holistic view of how to do business, how to do your life. So what would be a good call to action that you would like to share with our listeners today? I have one thing. Well, it's twice a day, but you can only do it once a day if you want. And it literally takes less than five minutes. It's been so beneficial. So I, I have a background of 
meditating for hours and days on end. So I'm not asking anybody to try that. The little thing that you can do to help, I guess, condition your mind and connect further is either upon waking first thing in the morning or right before you go to sleep, catch yourself in that magic moment. So when your brain waves are starting to change, mm. you want to catch yourself. And I know a lot of people are, I got this and I got to do this tomorrow and the kids and, and my to-do list and I got a call. Oh my gosh, I forgot to send in that report. <laughs> no, breathe. Put in something loving. Put in something positive. Just I love me or I feel love in my heart or I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful for my niece and nephew. I'm so grateful for the food on my table. Stop the mindless chatter to do the monkey mind. Mm -hmm. And just for a moment in that magical moment, put in some love and some gratitude. And I, it's hard. Let me tell you, it's, it's not easy to catch yourself and train your brain. But if you do it consistently every day, either morning and night, I do morning and night, just for a minute or two, you will notice the shift. You'll wake up calmer and you'll go to sleep easier. Mm -hmm. That's what I'll leave everyone with. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And that's, that's something that I do when I'm falling asleep or if I'm having trouble falling asleep is I'll go through everyone in my family, you know, my father, even though he passed, I'll send him love. I'll send my mom love. I'll send my stepfather love. Like I'll literally like go through their names and send them love. And it, again, it's just shifting that your inner state and yeah. it's the butterfly wings too. You're sending out energy. So going back to the Celestine prophecy, it's energy. It's good energy that the frequency goes out. And yeah. what a great thing. Yeah. It's beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, Kim, this is wonderful. Ah, <laughs> this is so much fun. It is fun. We could do this when you start your podcast. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> um, don't hold me accountable to that okay. just yet. <laughs> well, I thank you so much, my friend, for being on this. And if you are a heart-centered business person and you really want to get your message out there and you're just not sure how to do it, reach out to Kim. She's a Ashanti way. And she'll take good care of you so you can get your message out there. Thank you. All right. Hey, you peace and love amplifier. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard here today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at peaceandloveamplifiers.com. You can find me on Facebook, on Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks again for listening. And remember to ask yourself, what am I feeding the field? Until next time. <laughs>